Hey fans, Lehigh Athletics is excited to return to competition on January 2nd, but these seasons are going to be unique. Men's and women's basketball will take the court in Stabler Arena and wrestling returns to the mat in historic Lehman Turner Arena at Grace Hall. However, it will not be the same without the cheers of our loyal Lehigh fans coming from the stands. As we prepare for seasons unlike any other, you, the Mountain Hawk fans, will still have the opportunity to make your mark on Stabler Arena and Grace Hall and support the Lehigh Athletics program by purchasing a fan cutout presented by PSECU. That's right. Be sure to get your fan cutout today by visiting shop.fancutouts.com and search Lehigh. You can even have your cutout signed by our head coaches, Brett Reed, Sue Troyan, and Pat Santoro. Remember, that's shop.fancutouts.com and search Lehigh. From Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Lehigh Athletics presents Mountain Hawk Talk, the podcast for the Lehigh Mountain Hawks, presented by Lehigh Valley Health Network and Coordinated Health. Here's your host, Josh Wittick. Hey, what's going on, Lehigh fans? Welcome into episode 11 of the Mountain Hawk Talk podcast, the official podcast of Lehigh Athletics. On this very special episode, I am joined by the Lehigh legend himself, NBA superstar, Portland Trailblazers guard, CJ McCollum, Lehigh University's class of 2013. We discuss many things, including habits he's developed at Lehigh and in the bubble over the summer, how he continues to use his journalism degree and his work and goals in battling social injustices and systemic racism in the United States. I asked CJ questions from the fans and talk about the upcoming season and how the mantra learn, grow, lead applies to him. A special shout out goes out to Roseanne Corsi of the Lehigh Athletics Partnership, whom this episode wouldn't be possible without her help in securing CJ for the podcast. I am thankful for Roseanne's persistence, determination, and friendship throughout this entire process. Without further ado, here's my interview with CJ McCollum. And I'm now joined by uh, Portland Trailblazers star uh, CJ McCollum, uh, Lehigh University class of 2013. CJ, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on Mountain Hawk Talk. Uh, no problem at all. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a long time coming. We're excited to talk to you. Um, and uh, we know that you're uh, getting ready to, for the NBA season to uh, get underway next week and obviously preseason going on right now. It must be hard to believe that you're entering um, your – eighth NBA season this season this year um it, it must seem like yesterday that you were playing on the Stabler Arena floor in front of uh, all those crowds uh for Lehigh in the Patriot League yeah time is flying man it's it's definitely going fast I remember you know very vividly my college experience what it was like how fast that went and now to look back it's been over a decade or close to a decade yeah. in 2013 since since I graduated over a decade since I graduated high school which is crazy uh, to think about but uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity to continue to to play in the NBA and look forward to season number eight yeah it's going to be a big one for you obviously and um, you know we, we let's go back to your beginning uh, of your career at Lehigh and, and and where and where you uh, were obviously in high school you you're learning all these different traits about yourself you're learning how you're growing up and then you get to Lehigh and you kind of develop those and mold those. And that's kind of where you are now. 
you know, what are some habits that you developed at Lehigh that you continue to use today frequently? I think just preparation. Um, it started as a kid, understanding what you want to accomplish throughout the day, how to get it done, uh, kind of making goals and, and just trying to strive to achieve them. I think now more than ever, especially in today's climate where we're at with the coronavirus and mm, the new normal, I think it's important that you, you have a, a plan of what you want to do in a day because most of the time you're not going to be able to leave the house. So being able to try to still accomplish things whether that's reading, whether that's you know, reaching out to family members, whether that's trying to educate yourself or get better at your craft. I think the preparation standpoint is extremely important. And then from a, from a leadership standpoint, um, I think, you know, playing at Lehigh all those years and, and just kind of learning different personalities, how to get along with people, how to mesh, um, how to get the best out of each other, how to get the best out of yourself. I think uh, all those qualities are, are something that I've taken away from, um, from my time at Lehigh. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you mentioned the new normal. We're in a new normal with the coronavirus and, um, you know, the way that we're going about life is a lot different now than it was, yeah. you know, nine months ago. You know, along those same lines about your habits that you developed, what are some traits or habits that you learned from living and playing in the bubble this summer um, that will translate over to your career moving forward? Obviously, so many things you, you learned while in Orlando that um, you're going to definitely take with you uh, going forward. I think just the importance of family, I think that's extremely important and, and you don't realize it until you have to either spend more time around them or your, your time with them is taken away. And I think being in a bubble just gives you a great appreciation of, of life. Um, I mean, we were treated uh, exceptionally well, but you still are isolated. You're not able to leave. You're not able to do a lot of things that you're accustomed to doing. So I think from that standpoint, it was very helpful um, from an appreciation standpoint. And then I think just, I try to get up at the, at the same time. I do a lot of the same stuff when I'm on the walk the dog at the same time. So I just try to, you know, have a schedule um, so that I'm able to accomplish a lot of what I want to accomplish throughout a day. Um, because if you don't, the days can get away from you. Uh, they can kind of stack up and uh, you're, you're either wasting your time or you're continuing to figure out how to better yourself. Talk a little bit about that, that importance of family and, you know, how important that is. Obviously, you, you didn't get to see your family much while you're in the bubble at all. So what was it like to, when you were done to, to be, I know you got married in the fall, so that must've yeah. been really awesome to, to come back home and, and, and see the people that you love. Yeah, it was definitely um, ideal uh, to be able to be around family, my now wife, um, my dog, all those things uh, you, you miss uh, when you're, when you're away from it and things happen fast. So as you said before, I had to, you know, get, get ready for a wedding. I kind of make sure everything was, was lined up on my end, make sure I had everything that I needed um, from tuxes to, to all that stuff and then travel, trying to coronavirus test, just kind of make sure everything is in place because um, we didn't want to expose um, our grandparents right. um, to anything. So that was, that was uh, an interesting time, but it's, it's all a part of life. I think we all have sacrifices. We're all going through different things you know, currently I'm not being able to see family, even though I'm not in the bubble now, it's still, you know, hard to be around certain people um, yeah. because you don't want to expose them. Yeah. I'm getting married in April. So um, I kind of feel you there and uh, we're, we're staying optimistic, but uh, hopefully uh, we get our wedding underway and um, we'll probably definitely be going through the same kind of thing that you guys went through. Yeah. Good luck, man. And congrats. <laughs> I think uh, April's, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be. Hopefully, I hope you're able to get that. 
thanks. So hopefully we get out of the woods just a little bit so we can get some of those uh, friends and family there. Um, you know, you, you receive your degree from Lehigh in journalism. That's well known and well documented. You know, how important was it for you to create CJ's Press Pass, uh, you know, giving young aspiring journalism students the vision, determination of the field, all while giving a platform for them and still giving uh, personal mentorship? I thought it was important. Uh, journalism is a passion of mine. It's something that I've, I've grown close to over the years. I haven't experienced, you know, interning for Lehigh, um, writing for the Brown and White, being a, a newspaper editor, kind of doing all those things. I felt like it was the next step in my um, progression to try to give back, especially to a specific group of uh, young men and women who have an interest uh, in this field. I think for me, I didn't learn a lot about what it was like until college, you know, what it's like to be a journalist, you know, what happens behind the scenes, um, how content is captured um, from from start to finish on the game, the production side of it to post game interviews. And I think being able to, to show kids while they're in high school early on kind of what it's like, um, expose them to um, different career fields, you know, have them talking to, to the broadcast groups, uh, whether that's ESPN, whether that's um, Comcast local, um, just allowing them to be exposed to, to every facet of journalism so they can truly understand, like, is this the path that I really want to take? And then yeah. the other side of it is mentorship, being able to to align them with mentors who can help them not only with a career path or career plan, but with their actual schoolwork. They're able to receive, you know, help throughout the year, uh, whether that's editing papers. Um, they're able to, to cover their local sports, whether that's high school, collegiate, or professional, depending on where they live. And they're able to receive compensation for it. So I think that was a way to just kind of help, um, as I like to say, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's to where you, you give them the mentorship, you allow them to kind of learn, you expose them to things that they wouldn't normally be exposed to, mm-hmm. and you try to put some money in their pockets, which is like the <laughs> the, the necessity for a, a kid, you know, when you're working. Yeah. A lot of times, as, as you know, in the journalism field, you don't get paid, especially right away, you're usually working for free. So for them to get paid to do a lot of the things that they enjoy doing was, was the uh, cherry on top. You know, and, and also with journalism, you know, some people say that it's a dying field just by, you know, with the newspaper industry, the way that's going, you know, it must be also really cool to like kind of nurture these young, these young people who have aspirations to be a journal in journalism or be a reporter or whatever, um, in, in a time where, you know, it, it looks bleak to get jobs, but you know, that's the magic of, of podcasts like this or, um, you know, uh, blogs or whatever it may be. Um, is it kind of cool to, to to see them kind of grow in that way and um, to know that, you know, tell them the future is still bright for you. There's still there's still room in the world for, for good journalism. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're good at your job, you become you become an expert at it. There's always room for you. And I think that's why you want to expose them you know, to so many different um, fields in the journalism spectrum because they may be better at just taking pictures. We always yeah. need a photographer, especially in today's uh, content space of all the social media we have, how people are wanting to share stories um, visually. Some people may be better just writing and there's still a space for that. You know, there's print journalism, uh, whether that's online or the actual physical newspaper. And then some people may just be better at audio. So I think being able to expose them to all three levels is extremely important because if you truly love something, you're going to put your time into it. You're going to dedicate yourself to it. And eventually you'll become good enough um, to be compensated for your work. So I think from that, from that side of things, obviously everything evolves, the game evolves, life evolves, but if you can 
kind of find your niche, you're able to hold on to it and, and kind of make it through uh, different, different changes that are bound to occur. Absolutely. Um, CJ, social justice and anti-racism is a huge topic in our world right now and in, in, in the world that we live in. And, um, you know, talk a little bit more about the work that you've done so far and what are ways it's meaningful to you and, you know, what is your approach and goals towards um, reaching this? Uh, I think the, the biggest thing I tried to do initially was um, spread information and, and start conversations. I think that's extremely important. Obviously, as a, as a black man in America, my experience is completely different than a lot of people uh, who are walking around this earth. And then as a black man in America who, who is a professional athlete for a living, my experience has shifted and changed to, to where I'm treated differently based on you know circumstances and, and where I sit in, in society. But I think from an educational standpoint, it's extremely important that we spread knowledge on things that are happening, things that have happened, and things that continue to happen, whether that's injustices, um, whether that's you know people being you know wrongly accused of certain crimes or people that have committed crimes committed crimes but are receiving unjust punishments that aren't on par with uh, people from different backgrounds uh, of life, I think those things are extremely important to start. And then you have those uncomfortable conversations, you know, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's at home, whether that's with your families, friends. I think that's where it starts. And then you know obviously with the politics side of things with the election. Um, understand the importance of local elections, understand the importance of, of uh, expressing your right uh, to vote. I think all those things uh, matter. And once we continue to kind of have those conversations, kind of figure out exactly what's wrong and then try to build on that, I think that's that's what's extremely important to me. And um, bad things are gonna happen. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the way the world works. But if we can limit those things and, and get just punishments, uh, in the events of whether that's police brutality or otherwise, I think that's when we're taking a step in the right direction. What's it kind of been like to work with your teammates and work with your friends throughout the league um, to kind of, obviously it's going to take time. It's not, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, you know, what's it kind of been like to work with, with all those people in pursuing um, something this important? It's been, it's been fun because, you know, for me, I learned a lot. Uh, growing up in Ohio, like my experience is completely different than some of my, you know, friends, um, peers who grew up in the South. You know, so being able to hear those stories, I think, is extremely important because it educates you even more to kind of paint the full picture of where society is at, you know, globally. I think being able to work alongside, you know, Chris Paul, Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon, Harrison Barnes, like the whole executive committee, Andre Udala, Anthony Tolliver, we all have a unique um, take on everything because we've had unique experiences and I think being able to collaboratively come up with ideas and ways to improve our society ways to improve our neighborhoods uh, whether that's the social social uh, justice funds that we've kind of started to kind of raise money and target certain areas whether that's the relationships and partnerships that we founded and started with the NBA to kind of create that board uh, to where we dedicate money we dedicate time we dedicate resources we dedicate um, actionable items and ideas that we can kind of track and see how change evolves. I think those things are extremely important. Um, the only way to to really drive change is to, to have actionable ideas implemented and then you track them to see how they're working. I think we're heading in that direction of the education, of the conversation, and then um, trying to put, put things into place that where we can change um, society for the better. 
Yeah, it's been really awesome to see um, the um, as an NBA fan from from my point of view, and uh, you know, look, looking at your career as a Lehigh staff member, it's been really awesome to see how you guys have been uh, really pursuing this and how important it's been. Before we move on with our next segment on the show, let me just remind you that Mountain Hawk Talk is presented by Lehigh Valley Health Network and Coordinated Health, your unrivaled partners for sports medicine and injury care. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lehigh MH Talk, and you can subscribe and download each episode from lehighsports.com slash podcasts or from your favorite platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We have a little segment for you, a little, uh, little fan segment. We asked some fans uh, some on social media some questions, and um, I'm going to just read them off uh, on all of, from all of our platforms. Uh, sound good to you? Yeah, that's fine. Cool. All right. First up, uh, at CJ McCollum Daily on Twitter asked, um, who is one NBA player you admired growing up? Um, well, I, I admired a few. <laughs> Allen Iverson, um, just because of, obviously, he wasn't very big. He was tenacious. And yeah. He was aggressive. He tied the basket. He had the braids. He was swag personified. You know what I mean? And I was a little guy, I had braids, I went number three. I was inspired by his story and what he's able to overcome. Um, Kobe Bryant, his work ethic, his approach, um, his dedication, how he didn't have success right away, he failed. And then he succeeded because of hard work and uh, perseverance. Um, I'm from Ohio, so obviously I'm, I'm a LeBron fan. Um, by fan, I mean like I, I enjoy his story, um, yeah. come from. Um, 15 minutes apart where he grew up at. I played for his AU team. So it's, it's nice to see people who come from similar situations um, to overcome that and to do incredible things, not only on the court, yeah. but in the uh, communities as well. And obviously, uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, obviously. And uh, you got your uh, Allen Iverson slam uh, t-shirt on right now, I see. <laughs> so uh, repping him big time. Uh, one of the classic images for sure. Um, uh, Lehigh track and field coach Kayla Addy on Instagram. She asks, uh, if you could pick any WNBA player to add to your starting lineup, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, man. So many good ones out there. So our starting lineup or just like in general? Well, she said your starting lineup, but I guess it could be in general. You know, if and it has to be a role current. player. Or, I yeah. mean, that's tough. I would you say could do current and past if you if you have a past one. Yeah, I'll go current and past. Um, I would say I'll give you a couple. I love Cheryl Miller's game. Obviously, Cheryl doesn't play anymore, but yeah, you know, how she played, how dominant she was, it's it's something that you admire. Um, obviously, everybody knows about Reggie Miller, but Cheryl was the truth. Mm -hmm. So, I Cheryl Miller. Um, I'm a big Sue Bird fan. Love Sue Bird's game. Uh, very yeah. versatile winner. Can pass. Lee guard. Diana Taurasi, uh, arguably the GOAT. You know, championships, swag, can score, can do a little bit of everything. Um, I like Candace Parker's game. Uh, versatile, can play on the wing, can play in the post. Yeah. Extremely, extremely talented. Um, uh, Tina Thompson. I love Tina's game. Footwork. She had the midi. Um, obviously she coaches in college now, but there, there's so many great, uh, players 
who've who are currently playing and who have come through. Obviously, now you got this new generation of, of talent, and they're all extremely, extremely talented and well-rounded. So, I mean, I could I could go on forever, but that's a I think that's a solid start. Uh, I think you, I think you could make a pretty solid team out of that out of those. Yeah. People. <laughs> on their on their own they, could they might be. be able to challenge you guys a little bit um <laughs> yeah uh at hampton got next on twitter asks uh who was your favorite rapper i forgot to say my more um my favorite oh, my more, my fa- of course love my more my favorite rapper is uh Cole. um love it love his delivery love what he stands for love the storytelling um been a big fan since since college Cool. Um, at in a separate sky on Twitter asks court or Rathbone. Whoa. Tough one. That's taking me back, (laughs) man. Uh, I've never been to court, but I have been to, I have been to Rathbone many times because it's by my office. Is that what they're calling a court? They has some some bomb like brick oven. You can get the pizza. Um, Oh, and then the UC uh, has has some pretty good stuff there too. I'm going to Rathbone over over court, but UC yeah, man. is uh, man. I think I think I'll take UC over all of them. But they got some good. They got some. Uh, they got some cheesesteaks. They got some burgers. They got Mexican going on there. They got some yeah, Asian. UC was my spot, but I, Rath, Rathbone is historic. It was a close walk from Stouter. Yeah. So yeah, I would go. Well, you know, sometimes it's all about that proximity, CJ. You got, you, you got to, you know, what, whatever's closest. Um, <laughs> at Dame's Goat on Twitter asks, what are your goals for this season? I think it's just to get better. Um, each year I try to get better um, at something. I try to help the team, especially um, down the stretch of games and in the playoffs. I think I've played you know, better. I'd, I'd like to raise my level of play in the playoffs and, and play at a higher level, be more consistent, more efficient. But just want to help our team win. Help, help us take the next step. Uh, last year was an interesting season with the bubble, with the, the injuries and um, yeah. having to play in the playing game. I think getting off to a great start this season is important. And then we build on that and and, and see what happens. Um, and then. Um... Billy dot maroon on Instagram asks a uh, favorite professor at Lehigh and then Lehigh university's Twitter account asks a uh, favorite p- professor at Lehigh besides Jack Lully. <laughs> besides Jack Lully. <laughs> Jack was my they're getting, guy. They're getting, they're getting witty there. Uh, man, I can't, I can't pick a favorite professor. Honestly, I don't even remember. It's I'm getting old. been a long time, right? Professors. <laughs> um, man. I'd have to go through the transcripts to read. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't think uh, they'll hold it against you. I I, I think they, yeah, they understand. It's too many. I mean, I had a lot of great professors, honestly. Yeah. I don't – picking a favorite is uh, – that's a tough one. I had some great classes, though. I think one of my favorite electives of all time is uh, sociology of hip-hop. Sociology and hip-hop. Wow, that's pretty cool. Sociology of hip-hop. That's, That's one of awesome. my favorite. Like, I took it in the summer when he's one of my before my senior year. That was one of my favorite electives because it kind of it, it linked the time the times we were in from you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s to 2000s, mm-hmm. and it linked it to like the drug epidemic. Oh, cool! So kind of like relating the crack epidemics and all those things, and then like the type of music that was coming out and 
great intersection. That's awesome. But I can't um, be a favorite. A favorite professor. I can't do that. Yeah, there's there's so many out there. Um, so that's uh, that's Ask CJ. Um, as a Canon, Ohio uh, native, uh, you're known to be a, a Cleveland Browns super fan. Let's talk about the Browns, man, because uh, I've been I've been watching you on social media, on Twitter, and uh, you know, game of the year on 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 Monday, and obviously you guys didn't come out on top, but you know they're relevant again in 2020, dude. And uh, you know what's that been like, and how far do you think they'll go this year? That's been amazing, man. As a as a lifelong Browns fan, we've waited far too long uh, yeah. for this type of success, far too long for a chance at the playoffs. And to build consistency, uh, we're an extremely young team. I don't think we have 20 – I don't think we have anybody over 29 in our starting lineup right now. So we're like a really young team but still playing well. Kevin Stefanski is doing an incredible job. Baker's playing well. we got the best run, uh, running game in the NFL. And I think – we're figuring out how to win. We're figuring out how to win close games. The way we compete against Baltimore was inspiring. We're missing our entire secondary. Uh, and our star cornerback, yeah. Denzel Ward, not playing. I think that we're heading in the right direction. I think the sky's the limit. Obviously, OBJ is hurt. Yeah. And we miss him. But being able to kind of win the games we're supposed to win and compete in the other game kind of shows where you're at. And I think, you know, with – I think we got nine wins right now. Um, yeah. We're looking – sitting pretty. You know, I got the – we got the Giants this week, which should be a victory against us. Sunday night football. Can you believe Sunday night, uh, Monday night football and Sunday night football and back-to-back weeks? Jeez, man. That's kind of showing you where we're at as a franchise. You know, we're starting to get respect. Um, I think we were top 10 in the power rankings last week. But we're, we're a team that many, many playoff teams don't want to face because yeah. we can run the ball. We have, we have a, a great offensive coordinator. We have – offensive firepower and then like as we see with the Tennessee Titans last year if you can run the ball you can control the game in the playoffs absolutely um you know CJ how, how do you feel about this year's Blazers team heading into the season I, I think we're in a good spot I think we've continued to try to to grow together um based on some of the acquisitions we made uh, adding some length adding some defensive versatility obviously we bring back Ennis uh, we get Nurk back for for a healthy Nurk to start the season um, we just we're just looking forward to the the chance to go compete. I think that's the biggest thing. Obviously, we miss fans. That'll be yeah, tough dude. to not have fans, but um, we'll 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 figure out how to get through it. It's going to be exciting for sure. Um, you know, you are uh, known to be a wine connoisseur, and uh, you released your first Pinot Noir uh, in October, Macomb Heritage ninety one. You know, when did you become a connoisseur of wine? And, and is it true you had to keep your hotel room at 51 degrees in the bubble to keep your wine refrigerated? And is there a player in the NBA that is in, into wine as much as you are? I will say there's a lot of guys that are into wine. Um, J.J. Reddick, Brown, Josh Hart, Kevin Love, uh, Draymond. A lot of those guys enjoy yeah. wine and they are into it. But to, to say they're into it as much as me, you know, I don't know too many of them that have their own wine. I think Brian came out with a tequila, but hey, Steph Curry has a wine. I think D Wade's retired now. He has a, he has a wine. Wade Sellers he's doing really well. Yao Ming's retired. He has a wine. But I'd say that no one no one has the Pinot Pinot Noir grapes like me. Shannon obviously partnered with a label in Oregon, mm-hmm. so he's got some he got some good stuff that's that's come out uh, through Longolo. But I actually got into wine. My wife introduced me um, the later later part of our college career. And just kind of grew on me. I began to, to research and learn more about it. And as I continued to grow, 
my palate continued to mature. Yeah. To be drafted by the Portland Trailblazers, and I'm in like beautiful wine country with the Willamette Valley, the Shehalem Mountains, and all those different areas to where I could just go to different wineries and just sit in the cellar and talk to the winemakers and just dive down the realm, the rabbit hole, and kind of fast forward. And I end up deciding to to come out with my own label, partner up with a winery, and just go through the educational seminar on wine one on one, how to run a wine business. And here I am. Um, I started I started the wine project in 2017, we're in 2020 now. Yeah. And I've come out with one Pinot Noir. We bottled some more that will come out um, next year. Awesome. Got to get my hands on that for sure. I'm a beer guy, but uh, I, I like some wine. And like, like yourself, I'm a, my palate is changing and, and growing. So uh, I, I like it a lot more. And, and, and my uh, fiance, huge wine, uh, loves wine too. So, uh, so yeah, we're into that. We'll, we'll check it out for sure. A um, couple more questions for you. You know, Lehigh has adopted the motto, learn, grow, lead, uh, recent, as of late. You know, how do you think these three words, learn, grow, lead, have prepared you for the NBA and as an influential figure today? Learn, grow, lead. I think I learned a lot at Lehigh, not only about myself, but about everything, about people. I learned about hard work. I learned about leadership. I learned how to get through failures. I learned how to get through adversity um it was the, i think i'll tell you all the time that's the best decision i ever made was to go to lehigh because of what i was able to accomplish on the court off the court and from a maturity standpoint definitely grew a lot and i think um that's important you're going to grow you're going to evolve um sometimes for better or they say sometimes for worse but i think the the, the main objective is to take advantage of your time i think i took extremely I took great advantage of my time at Lehigh. I've taken advantage of my time mm-hmm. since I've left and I've grown from, you know, physical stature to mentally understanding things a lot better. You know, as I get closer to 30, I think about like all the things that I know now, it's like, if, if you knew those things at yeah. 20, you know, how, how much more successful would you have been? How much more would you be able to accomplish? But it's just more so about growing from the mistakes going from the success and I think I've done both of those things my palate has grown my palate has evolved more ways than one in more ways than one and (laughs) I'm thankful for it but I also think it's important that we we make those mistakes because uh, a lot of those mistakes help shape who you are in the future in terms of what lead I definitely learned how to be a leader I think I came in you know as a 17 year old I wasn't even 18 yet a freshman on campus and um, I think in order to lead, one must first learn how to follow. And I, I started off, you know, following some some great people: um, Zaire Carrington, Marquise Hall, David Buckberger, uh, Seamus. We had a lot of, you know, well-rounded seniors who did things the right way, and I was able to kind of see their blueprint. And then, from a leadership standpoint, some of the professors that I had, some of the the, the mentors that I had um, throughout my my time there, were able to kind of help me grow. Coach Reed, obviously, and Tony Weish, um, yep. uh, uh, Matt Logie, yep. TJ Jordan was there for a little bit. Um, so many people. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to forget nobody. Uh, <laughs> my guy Krugs, like there was just so many people who kind of made an impact on my life and helped and helped me out in different in different areas. And I think they transformed me into a leader. Uh, I think we did a lot of stuff with Julie Starrett. We did a lot of stuff to where we learned, you know, how to how to deal with people, how to get the best out of people, how to lead. And I followed first, and then I kind of uh, 
evolved into a leader. And I think it's, it's a credit to everybody that was around and, and all those people um, who wanted to see the best in me. Got, you got time for one more? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, you know, for the prospective student athlete who's trying to go to college and they're trying to pick a school, you know, why should a young man choose Lehigh basketball in the recruiting process? I think depending on what you're trying to get, you know, out of not only an education, not only the basketball experience, but what you want to accomplish post-college, I think Lehigh is the perfect fit. They equip you well uh, with the resources, the tools that you need to be successful in the real world. Um, it, it kind of shapes you based on the curriculum, based on the workload, based on the demands of you to where you can handle, you can handle being a, a collegiate athlete at Lehigh and you can handle the, the, the educational aspects that are yeah. demanded of you. You can succeed at any job in the real world. I think it, it creates structure, it creates discipline, and it kind of shapes um, who you are and what you need to be to be successful. From a basketball standpoint, obviously you get to compete, you get to play with it for a chance to, to make it to the NCAA tournament. Um, you get to represent a great institution. And I think, you know, with, with all those things, you know, kind of falling in line, uh, it just makes sense. It, it makes sense to take advantage of that. Um, I'm, I'm lucky to, to be able to play the game I love for a living, but in the event that I, I weren't able to play basketball, I would have been just fine working in the real world uh, and, and maneuvering my way through society. So I, I think those are enough reasons why uh, one should choose Lehigh University if Lehigh University decides decides to choose them. Awesome, CJ. Before we go, anything that you want to plug that you're that you're working on or anything that you're doing? Obviously, the season getting underway, and uh, when this airs, it'll be on the uh, 28th of December, which you'll be playing the the LA Lakers. At, um, at, on the road that night. So, uh, anything that you're doing that you wanna that you wanna shout out? Um, man, I'm doing a, like I'm doing a lot of stuff right now. I got a lot of stuff in the works, but I think it's just I'll just leave it at you know we got to continue to to work together, you know, as a society uh, to make this world a better place. I got a lot of projects and things that I'm doing to try to impact the world to try to spread information um, to try to educate the masses but I think it's important over these holidays that we first and foremost enjoy our time together with our family but also you know have some of those conversations uh, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page um, with with understanding that we we have a lot of work to do as a whole. CJ thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule you're welcome anytime uh, and we we hope to see you soon on uh, on South Mountain and over in Bethlehem now, best of luck with this season. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Mountain Hawk Talk, presented by Lehigh Valley Health Network and Coordinated Health. The Mountain Hawk Talk podcast is a production of Lehigh Sports Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you have show comments, questions, or suggestions for future guests, email us at sports at lehigh.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at lehighmhtalk.